America's highest earning sex worker is suing over lost wages. McDonald's opens up a barber shop and offers 90s haircuts. And many people are reporting getting hurt while setting up their Christmas trees in 2020. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I hope you had a lovely weekend. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Mainstream News. Listen to Weird AF News with Jonesy. America's highest earning sex worker is suing over lost wages during the lockdown. She is sick and tired of the COVID lockdown. Her name is Alice Little. She infamously hypes herself as the, quote, highest earning sex worker in the U.S. I wonder how much she makes a year to be the highest earning sex worker. Do you guys think it's over a million a year? Probably, right? So she's losing a lot of money. She is suing the state of Nevada to reopen its brothels. The uh, lawsuit comes after the governor, Steve Sisolak, excluded prostitutes from the close contact businesses that he permitted to open as part of the phase two reopening efforts. The governor's decision to keep brothels closed is just blatant discrimination against Nevada's legal sex workers, says Alice Little, who, by the way, is from Ireland. She's an Ireland native and has 106,000 followers on Instagram. She worked for the very famous Moonlight Bunny Ranch, which had to close its doors in line with state coronavirus lockdown measures. The previous year, the Irish Central reported that Alice was earning around a million dollars per year. Oh, okay, so I was right on. But, I mean, there's got to be porn stars making more than a million a year, correct? So how could she possibly be the highest paid sex worker? I'm wondering. I don't know much about the salaries of that industry, unfortunately. I'd love to impart some wisdom onto you guys, but I just, I'm not familiar. The article says... Alice, the high-rolling hooker, claims that sex workers have suffered financial hardships under the closures in Nevada, which is currently the only state where prostitution is legal, as you know. Not only that, but the state relief measures package excluded the world's oldest profession as well. Here's a quote from Little again. I'm going to try and do an Irish accent just to keep with her personality. Nevada's governor has unfairly kept the legal brothels closed while allowing other high-contact businesses such as massage parlors, spas, and salons to reopen. That was pretty good, right? Alice began a GoFundMe page trying to raise $50,000 for her lawsuit, and she's raised almost $10,000 as of last week. There's some photos of her. She's quite lovely. She looks extremely Irish in that her hair is red and she is of a light complexion. Alice Little is among the many sex workers who have had to take drastic measures in order to stay afloat amid the COVID-caused cat house closures. They call them cat houses still. This was written by someone who's 105 years old, clearly. They use the word hooker above. I haven't heard that word hooker in so long. Who calls them hookers? It says many out-of-work skin merchants have turned... Skin merchants, you're going to call them? Wow. Unbelievable, the euphemisms. Many out-of-work... Skin merchants have turned to selling OnlyFans content, while one enterprising Nevada escort is offering a PG-rated, quote, virtual girlfriend experience in exchange for groceries. Well, that's pretty demeaning to offer a girlfriend experience for groceries, but people are trying to get by here. This isn't the only industry suffering, by the way. I mean, I'm not suing anybody because I'm the lowest paid comedian and I'm not working. So, 
I mean, we all got to just pivot, man. This is how it is, right? Some some industries are just going to hurt during this time and others can get by. If you can work from home, if you got one of those uh, you know, beneficial situations, then you can make it work. But if you don't, or like Alice here, if you're in the business of having to touch people, you know, you might have to pivot right now. You know, Alice Little, like many other people in an industry that's gone away right now, has has got to figure out a way to get by until it comes back. It will come back. Entertainment will come back. Travel will come back completely. You know, these industries that have been suffering. My own industry. I have to do something else until it comes back. Until I can perform live again and make a living off it. I mean, I'm probably a, almost a year away, I assume, to just performing live in front of regular human beings on a regular basis. I'm probably another year out from that in making the money I was making at it, making a living at it. I'm looking at probably a year and a half to two years before I can make a living off of stand-up comedy, at least. And meanwhile, I got to do something else. Just like Alice has to figure out something else. To run around and just sue everybody is just not the answer. Not right now. It's not going to solve the problem. Perhaps you don't agree with me. Perhaps you do agree with, with me. Call the show, 646-450-2012. McDonald's opens a barber shop and offers 90s haircuts. <laughs> Why? Who would get their haircut at McDonald's? The 90s are back. Just kidding. But the hairstyles from the 90s appear to be, or at least they are in Sweden, where McDonald's has opened up a barbershop to revitalize the 90s haircut. Why? An iconic 90s hairdo for men. Do you guys remember what it is? It involves a part in the center and your bangs kind of come down on each side, framing your face. This haircut was once rocked by celebrities, including David Beckham and Leonardo DiCaprio among other 90s-era heartthrobs. This haircut is making a comeback because of the marketing team at McDonald's in Sweden. So why would McDonald's Sweden give a damn? Well, because the hairstyle bears an alleged similarity to the fast food chain's signature golden arches. I guess. I, I mean, what if you don't have blonde hair? Then how golden is the arch? This seems very strange. This seems like a big reach for the marketing team. But let's let's get some more information. McDonald's Sweden has opened up the world's first Golden M Barbershop in Stockholm, which specializes in helping people trim their own the Golden M hairstyle. What if your hair isn't golden, dumbasses? I don't get it. Are you going to dye the hair as well? Who would do this? Here's a quote from the marketing director at McDonald's Sweden. When we realized that people were wearing our golden arches, we had to act. We started the McDonald's barbershop not only to guard our golden M, but also to claim it once and for all. I got news for you, dude. No one's trying to claim your golden M. No one was even speaking about this. No one has ever referred to their haircut as the golden arches, just like McDonald's. I've never heard that in my entire life, and I'm a huge fan of 90s music. I would have, I would have came across this. You're a fan of 90s music, Jonesy? We had no idea. You didn't have any idea, did you? Well, let me tell you something. Big fan of Alice in Chains. Big fan of Pearl Jam. Shout out to Soundgarden as well. <laughs> and don't even get me going on Hanson, okay? <laughs> Big fan. So let's get more info. Was this a success? Are people into it? It claims within two hours of the digital launch, all salon appointments with influencer hairstylist Adam Lukacs were fully booked. Oh, my goodness. People want to get their hair cut at McDonald's. 
A, which is frightening. B, they want to get a 90s haircut that just looks, at this point, looks pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. And by the way, unless your hair is golden, how is it a golden M? So you're not even like putting it out there fully. I, I, I just don't get it. This just seems like such a strange marketing strategy to me. It just reeks of desperation. Like what, how high are the advertising execs at McDonald's that they came up with this? Seriously, you got to be so high to come up with this. Hey guys, we know we got to get the word out of McDonald's. What should we do? Hey man, you guys remember Soundgarden, right? Well, do you remember like Chris Cornell's hair? Kind of like, I saw like, I was watching like, I love the nineties last week and I noticed his haircut looks exactly like an arch, all right? It's not golden because his hair is rather dark. Uh, by the way, rest in peace, Chris Cornell. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I noticed it was in the shape of an arch. What if we brought back that haircut somehow and we just do it in Sweden? <laughs> You're high. You're out of your mind. And and you do realize that you're promoting uh, close contact with a stranger who's going to cut your hair and probably other people that are all going to show up to this barbershop in Sweden. So you're getting people together during a pandemic. Are you stupid? And I just hope that other fast food joints don't pick this up and run with it as well. I don't want to see Wendy's offering to give everybody two pigtails and dye their hair red. I mean, this is just ridiculous. 20% of people have reportedly gotten hurt while setting up their Christmas trees in 2020. Yes, 2020, the year of many things, many calamities, including Christmas tree-related injuries. Apparently, they are on the rise. At least that's what a survey from Value Penguin says. According to the survey, one in five Americans have reportedly been injured while setting up their Christmas tree this year. This number is 122% higher than what they reported last year. Oh, no. This is a very strange thing to survey. I believe as well. This is very odd. What other <laughs> unimportant data have you acquired, company? I mean, it's like <laughs> we also found that 14% of people who kiss under a mistletoe are sloppy kissers. <laughs> yes, yes. And we noticed that about 9% of Christmas carolers going door-to-door -door trip on the top step on the way up to a home they've never been to before. Very strange stats coming in already. I've done my own study, and I've found that 50% of all surveys are completely useless. Um, and this one is corroborating that. I got some more stats. Of those who admitted that they received an injury from a Christmas tree, most were men. When it comes down to which generation has been hurt the most from a Christmas tree this year, it was largely the whippersnappers getting tree-related boo-boos. Whippersnappers? You mean young people? Wow, what a word. I haven't heard that in a long time. Whippersnappers? Another 108-year-old author of this story. Unbelievable. They're just coming out of the woodwork today. All the all the 100-year-olds are writing and blogging. 27% of Gen Zs say they have been injured, following, uh, followed by 24% of millennials. Only 5% of baby boomers reported experiencing the same tree-related injuries. What did they mean, like falling down when you're putting the angel or the star on top? Is that what they're talking about? You get poked in the eye as you walk by a tree? Are people allergic to trees? What is going on here? I don't even know. I want some specific tree-related injuries. Let's see if there's more information here. Interestingly, 24% of the survey's respondents said they feel safer with an artificial tree versus 8% who said they feel safer with a real tree. 
And for those of you who want to learn more about artificial trees versus real trees, join the Patreon, where I recently published an article that I read about real trees versus fake trees. A lot of information on real tree farms, the number of trees that Americans buy per year. Pretty fascinating. The industry is fascinating. It also says here, per the survey, 75% leave their Christmas tree lights on overnight, which actually puts families at risk of a potential fire. Yeah, you shouldn't leave them on overnight, uh, except for Christmas Eve, so Santa can see it. Okay? Here's a quote from someone who's involved in this useless report. Uh, Leaving Christmas lights on a tree is a fire hazard, and the chance for accidents grow with with the age of the lights, so if your lights are older... It's it's more liable to be a risk. The survey found that 11% of Americans use Christmas lights that have been around for at least seven years. 5% use Christmas lights that are a decade old or more. Yeah, just throw those out, all right? There's no need to use decade-old lights, all right? They cost $5 for the lights. Or you can, eat, you can even get them at the dollar store. I've bought lights at the dollar store before. They're not the best, but you know what? Use them for two years and then throw them out. I mean... That's really not that's really not good for the environment. I, I realize that. But what the hell is? And you can't do anything without hurting the environment on some level. Whether you buy a real tree or a fake tree, you're still hurting the environment. Christmas hurts the environment. Christmas affects the environment. I mean, we just got to get over this. The survey also found that about a quarter of Americans are disposing their Christmas trees with fire, which is crazy. I've never seen anyone burn their Christmas tree in the backyard at the end of the season, uh, but apparently people are doing this. I always see them tossed onto the sidewalk in a bag, in a plastic bag, which gives me so much anxiety. To see a dying tree in a bag on the side of the road, I'm just like, wow. It says men are twice as likely than women to burn a Christmas tree. Uh, I mean, I, I want to know about these Christmas tree injuries, though. I'm, I'm looking. Nothing. There's no categories of injuries. On here, it's just simply injury from a Christmas tree. I mean, it could be anything. It could be being electrocuted when you're putting up the lights. You could fall down off a ladder. The tree could land on you, and if it's a huge one, that might hurt. And then it could be like a situation in Christmas Vacation, the movie, when they take a tree home from outdoors, and then a squirrel is inside, and it jumps on someone's face and then starts a fire eventually. I mean, I guess the crux of this whole article is to remind you just to be careful when putting up the tree. I mean, but I thought we were all doing that. I mean, it's a thing that you do once a year. Um, I think maybe the problem is we're doing it while we're drunk. Usually there's drinking involved when you're putting up the tree. That's why you should always have somebody who's sober. I mean, that's what the kids are for, right? The kids are sober. They make sure that everything's going as planned while the adults get all messed up. Uh, Just me. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Weird AF News, being supportive. I hope you enjoyed the Florida Friday stories over the weekend. If you sent me an article, I especially want to thank you. I appreciate that. There was a lot of great stories that came in, and it was very helpful. I had a good time with those. Uh, I want to give some shout-outs to the, to the new patrons who joined over the weekend, and a shout-out to Michael from Iowa City who's supporting uh, the show with his Patreon challenge, which he's matching your donation He's match if you join the Patreon, Michael is donating five dollars. Everybody who joins the Patreon. That's how it's working. No matter what level you join. So that's great and super supportive. We're grateful. Let's get into the names of the people who who joined and, and give them some love. Christian Resch, I want to give a shout out to. I hope I said that last name right. Christian Resch joined the Patreon. Fantastic. 
Thank you so much, Christian. Please enjoy the extra content in the Patreon. I think you'll, if you guys like weird, the weird AF news content, you'll, you'll like the Patreon because it gets a little weirder in there. If, uh, if weird is what you're into, I assume you are. You're here. Also, Rosie McFraser, Rosie, Rosie with a Z, Rosie McFraser, also with a Z. She got a Z in the first and last name, which is pretty rare, pretty rare. Who, there's not a lot of people that, even Ozzy Osbourne doesn't have a Z in the last name, right? I don't think so. Big shout out to Rosie McFraser, double Z, joining the Patreon. Appreciate the support so much, especially around the holidays. Also, we have David Cox who joined the Patreon as well. Big shout out to David Cox. Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Please enjoy the extra content in the Patreon. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show, I posted that Christmas tree article. And it was pretty weird. I I thought it was kind of cool. So I put that in there. I'm going to be putting up a video today of a very strange sport that you've probably never seen or heard of. And uh, so you want to check that out, too. Those of you who are in the Patreon, look out for that. Uh, What else did I want to say? Oh, we got a review. Got a review of the podcast. And let me read that. We have a review on iTunes by Spring Villain is the username. This is Allison uh, who sent me a message on Facebook about this. Appreciate the review, Allison. It's great. Let me read it. Uh, Love this podcast. Five stars. Always funny and a good light way to end the day after listening to the depressing political news all day. My favorite podcast of the day. Super cool guy, too. Oh, thank you. Seems like you know him even though you haven't met him. He is so down to earth and will even day high to his fans like me. Love you, Jonesy. I've already joined the Patreon and hope everyone else checks out his website and downloads the podcast because he's hilarious. That is amazing. There's so many things in there, too, that are helpful. You've told everybody to check out the website. You told everybody to join the Patreon. You said some nice things. Super great review, Allison. I'm so appreciative of this. And by submitting this review, Allison is eligible to win the Florida Man, a Florida Man t-shirt. I made an announcement on the Friday, Florida Friday episodes that I'm working with a company called MeMillennial.com. And it's it's spelled M E M E L L E N I A L dot com. Me Millennial is giving me some free Florida Man T-shirts to to give away to my listeners. Uh, so giving them a little bit of a shout out on the show. They actually just began. They, they they make cool T-shirts, sweatshirts, and hoodies. And they just started a whole Florida Man line of T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. And they got some specials going on right now. Free shipping in the U.S. So check that out. Me Millennial dot com. Send me a review of the podcast, and you will be. Uh, eligible to uh, receive a Florida man shirt. Uh, so that's what I said. And Allison sent a nice review for that. So I appreciate that. Uh, also, as per usual, just mentioning the Patreon, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash weird AF news. You can join there or you can join from the website, weirdafnews.com. And when you join the Patreon during the holidays, Michael from Iowa City, as I mentioned, is going to match that. So, Please consider doing that as well to support the show. If you're, uh, if funds are tight th- this time of year, no sweat, no worries. You can help support the show by just listening every day and telling a friend. And, and I would appreciate that as well so, so much. And, uh, and I guess that's it. We'll see you tomorrow on Tuesday. Thanks for putting up with me. Appreciate it. Hey, Jonesy. Hey, weirdos. It's Michael calling from Iowa City. Uh, I'm going to extend the holiday Patreon challenge. Jonesy has had some people join the Patreon, but uh, there is still money available in the Patreon pot. So I will extend the challenge for one more week. So let's go through till next Monday when Jonesy 
will uh, make an announcement at that point in time. If you've ever considered joining the Patreon, please consider doing it immediately this week. For every new member to the Patreon at any level, even the $2 level, if you join at any level, including the $2 level, I will make a donation to Jonesy of $5. So please, uh, if you've ever thought about showing your uh, your appreciation for Jonesy and the hard work that he does on Weird AF News, bringing us the uh, weird stories every day, please consider uh, joining the Patreon at this time. For every new member to the Patreon, I will make a donation of $5, up to a total of $200. I had set aside $100 for going home at Thanksgiving and $100 for going home at Christmas. That would be the cost of my bus ticket and expenses for each of those trips. Uh, COVID has prevented me from making those trips to go home and visit my family, so I've decided to use that money, which was in my budget, you know, for uh, the good cause of uh, supporting Jonesy. So let's uh, convert that money to donations to join to Jonesy. So please, if you've ever thought about joining the Patreon, do it now, and I will make a $5 donation to Jonesy for every new member of the Patreon. Thanks a lot, everyone. I appreciate you considering this. And happy holidays to everyone. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. And uh, show an attitude of gratitude for Jonesy and the hard work that he puts in. Love to all. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Take care. Jonesy! It's Gus from Rochigity Cha, Rochester, New York. Um, about the phantom defecator. Well, I guess he's not a phantom because he was caught. I have a story about a phantom defecator, actually. When I was at a stay-away, month-long facility, um, yes, rehab, um, there was a person, and we never found out who it was, but during the my stay, at least on three occasions, uh, the washing machine had been defecated in with people's clothes in it. And it's an attack of the phantom shitter with a note. And I wonder how long that took place at that facility. Maybe it was one of the workers. Maybe there really was a phantom shitter that lived in the basement. And maybe he, like, part of his ass was burned off or something. I don't know. But I thought that was a fun story to share with the Weird AF family. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Jonesy, it's Finn. Sorry, I had to pause listening to the podcast and immediately call you after the third story because you were saying uh, a couple of things about uh, the guy who was, uh, grabbing, uh, anal- who was grabbing reptiles and letting him bite him. Uh, I'd like to point out that, A, uh, these uh, reptiles that you, these reptiles that he is, uh, no, uh, sorry, before I get into anything, I would just like to say I am not claiming that I am an expert on reptiles. However... I have done, I personally have done a lot of research on reptiles because it is a passion of mine. I actually have a pet snake and I love them and I know a lot about them. And I would like to point out that you said uh, these poisonous snakes, which is wrong. The correct terminology is venomous because venomous is when they bite you, they inject you with venom. Poisonous is if you like touch it, it's got poisonous stuff on like the outside of it, like poison dart frogs. Uh, so.
correcting your terminology there. And also I'd like to point out, from what you told us of the animals that you're letting bite him, like a Burmese python and a green iguana, neither of them are venomous. So yes, and I do agree, I'm not saying that what he's doing is right or okay, it's actually quite stupid, and also, you know, he just you need to, we need to just leave the, these animals alone and let them live in the wild like they're supposed to. Now, I would like to point out that Burmese pythons are, in fact, invasive to Florida, and they do need to be taken out of the Everglades and moved back to their natural habitat uh, in Africa and the uh, and Asia. But green iguanas, in fact, are also invasive, uh, and they also need to be returned back to Asia, from which they originate. So, two invasive species... Uh, he shouldn't be grabbing him and letting him bite him, because that's stupid. Uh, even though they are not venomous, if, uh, a bite is administered with enough force, uh, it can prevent serious, serious damages to yourself and, uh, possibly even the animal. Uh, the animal could break one of its fangs, could break one of its fangs on you, and that's, that's not good for the animal, obviously. But, um, obviously, you know. But, but is this kind of like a masochist or something? I don't know, but point is, I'd like to correct your terminology and everyone who listens to the podcast terminology so they don't make the same mistake. And also, uh, I would like to point out that here's just a little fact for people who may be afraid of snakes. Uh, a lot of people mistake the fact that all snakes are venomous. They are not. In fact, there uh, there are over 9,000 species of snakes. And of that... Hello, fellow weirdos. Listening to the story from Thursday's broadcast in reference to the woman in Zambia who has sued her partner for not proposing. You asked us to call in and talk about this and you know, one of the questions you kept asking was, what what was the compensation she's looking for? The poor woman's just looking for an answer as to what the man's intentions are. One of the things you, you, you the gentleman broadcasting, said was, why are you making babies if you can't afford to get married? Well, you know, I, I'm personally a person who believes that marriage is not an obligation of a relationship. Marriage is really just an economic contract between two people who want to make it easier to cohabitate. You know, raising a child does not require being married. It is a uh, very religious concept. Now, of course, I'm in the United States of America, Zambia. You know, I don't know if they have a, a federal or, you know, countrywide religion, but if they do, that's wrong. You know, we're humans. We're we're entitled to think the way we want to think, not the way our government tells us to. Back on topic. Back on topic. It sounds to me like this woman just wants to understand what she can expect. Eight years is a long time to be in a relationship without any formal type of commitment. You know, I'm in a relationship. It's a very strange relationship. I'm 32, and she is, well much more mature than I am in age. I intend to marry her. I intend to do that at some point, but it takes time. Some people, they know they love the person five minutes after they've been together. Some people, 
They want to spend a few years getting to know each other, having a dog together, interacting together, exposing each other to different circumstances so they know what is the future going to be like. And that's perfectly understandable. And again, come back around full circle. Marriage has absolutely nothing to do with how much you love somebody. It is an economic contract. It's money. It's how are we going to deal with each other's finances together. I've already given my partner my most dearest and solemn vows. I intend to stand by this woman's side for the rest of her life. Right, honey? Yes, you're right. But we're not married. She doesn't have a, a wedding ring or an engagement ring. You can have love. 